Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Pod save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host, Anne Gripper, and I am still talking into a corner of my bedroom while we are in this lockdown world. I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Daily Mirror Royal Editor, Russell Myers, once again. Nice to see you, Russell, as we join over the Zoom ah. magic. I was about to say, nice to see you. I know. See you nice. And I can see you. <laughs> we, we can see each other, all of this exciting technology. Um, let's start with something happy. Happy anniversary to Charles and Camilla. 15 years. It's very exciting. Incredible. And they are recovered and out of isolation. So Char- recovered in Charles's in case and Camilla, not she didn't ever have symptoms and sort of tested negative, but had to stay self-isolation. But now they are able to celebrate together as best they can in these times. And there was a lovely picture posted of them with the dogs to mark the occasion. So this week's episode will largely be an update on what the royals are up to during these coronavirus times, because obviously this week we've been talking about it for a little while, but this week was the Queen's big message to the nation. So the excitement of future episodes of interviews with the writers of the Windsors and with longtime royal reporter Robert Jobson, where he answered all of your very, very, very many brilliant questions about exactly how the royal family works. They will be coming up in the next couple of weeks, as well as more treats to look forward to. So do subscribe stay tuned and if you're really bored at home during all of this then head on to itunes and give us a lovely review because we would really appreciate it and we enjoy hearing what you make of the show but the big important piece of the week was the queen's address to the nation on sunday evening it's the fifth time she's done it there were three kind of major difficult times where she'd addressed the nation previously the first gulf war after the death of princess diana and the death of her own mother the queen mum and then a more sort of celebratory message and grateful message at the time of her jubilee but this message was at a time when the country has faced its biggest crisis since since the war really um russell what can you tell us about about the message and how it's all how it came to be filmed and kind of the background to it yeah, well, well, it was. Uh, it came a week before I thought it would come. I think, I don't know if I said last week, I thought it would come potentially Easter weekend and we'd have a bit of a doubling up of sort of an Easter message and, uh, and the Queen's message as well. But it, it's, you know, it was, um, it was probably, it probably came at the right time, I think, because we're, we're just about to sort of enter this stage where um, potentially our lockdown is going to be increased again. And then again, potentially after that. Um, 
there had been you know, certain reports all over the country about people not adhering to the lockdown. I thought that was particularly um, pertinent that the, the Queen praised the people who were adhering to, to the lockdown. And I thought that was quite political, really, because I didn't expect her to, to, to sort of get involved that much. But by, by suggesting this is something that we all need to do and pull together, um, I thought it, it, it struck the right tone. Certainly, it was, um, it was handwritten by the Queen, no doubt with her, with her, um, uh, her, her senior advisors, including Sir Edward Young, the private secretary. And, um, and, and number 10, as far as I um, uh, understand, they, they were de delighted with it. There was absolutely um, no, no issue with her sort of putting a, 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 a foot in that camp of praising people who were staying at home, because I think that they, um, they've, uh, they, they welcomed the message being hammered home. Um, in terms of logistics, this is probably the most fascinating part of it because you know, we've we've been speaking for days, not even over a couple of weeks, about when it would happen, how it would happen. Obviously, there were a lot of um, issues to contend with. Not only the fact of how would they get um, you know a cameraman, a camera team. Uh, the producers into into do one of these recordings now normally when you would have something like this uh most notably at christmas there would be a, a full full camera set up full team in the building now the queen's doctors took um medical advice about how they could make this happen uh and in the, and in simplest terms they they had to choose the white drawing room in windsor castle which is a huge long room uh, essentially the queen was at one side of the room and in at the other side entered a uh, a cameraman from the BBC dressed in full PPE gear so kind of like sort of uh, what you would see of the, the frontline doctors all the images that we're getting used to day by day of people working in hospitals treating people suffering with the coronavirus disease so no stone was left unturned in that sense um, but you know people at the palace I was speaking to that the, the queen had offered to do it um, right from the very start and, and, and was taking advice from the government about when the right time was would be. Uh, and ultimately, I think it, it, it struck the right tone, didn't it? A lot has been made about the Queen's final sentence in it, really, about we will meet again, echoing uh, Dame Vera Lynn from the, you know, the, the darling of World War II. And and this, is, uh, this sort of sentiment has, has, has carried on that, despite the world being a very, very different place, we have to have hope that we will pull through this, uh, this particular period of adversity and, um, and we will get to see all of our friends and family again. So ultimately, I think it was, um, it was a roaring success. It was it was pretty emotional that kind of last line that sort of gave you a bit of the, of the, the shivers really it was like okay this is what matters and this is why she is doing it and can bring people together like the timing of it ended up being quite weird it feels like half a lifetime ago and you know seeing the pictures yesterday is it, is it even yesterday of the the image of the queen being beamed out over an empty Piccadilly circus. Yeah. You know, a couple of lines from her message. It, that feels like half a lifetime ago because she, the address was obviously broadcast. And then probably an hour later, we had the news that Boris Johnson, the prime minister, had been taken to hospital 
after he was due to be out of his isolation last Friday, but had had persistent symptoms. And so suddenly we were plunged into this kind of new phase of what is happening to the country and kind of new level of danger. And happily, he appears to be on the mend at the moment. So get well, get well soon to the prime minister and the queen and so the queen sent a personal message to the Prime Minister's fiance Carrie Simmons, I think, her to kind of send her, her best wishes. Um, who, she's Carrie's pregnant for anybody who doesn't who doesn't know they they got engaged at sort of Christmas time. Uh, and William signed off a tweet on the Kensington Royal as well, sending sending best wishes to the Prime Minister. So from that point of view, it was kind of it was kind of unfor- unfortunate timing in some ways that the Queen's message got slightly swallowed up in that in that whole drama and worry but then again maybe at the same time it was a good thing because you did have that sort of cohesive moment of national togetherness if you like and and a really reassuring figure that the queen is that she did seem quite there's a sense of her emotion sort of coming through during that as address as well did you think Russell yeah definitely I mean I'm just the, the sort of main aspects of it she, she was speaking about it being an increasingly challenging time she spoke about a time of disruption enormous challenges ahead um now it's it's sort of the person that has probably seen so so much I, I you know I was putting it in um in terms of the people that you would love to speak to about wartime and, and the sacrifices people had to make during um, that period of history. Now, ultimately, we are going to feel an awful lot of pain of not seeing loved ones emotionally, financially. Who knows what the world will look like when we come out of this? But ultimately, um, she, this is a woman who has seen the country be go through an awful lot of sacrifice throughout of the, throughout the years. Um, and then coupled with her statement, with the, the news that Boris Johnson had, you know, had, had gone into to, into hospital, um, it, it was quite a bizarre day, really. But uh, I mean, for, for, in terms of news agendas, it's what do you lead with? I mean, this was only the fifth time the Queen had spoken in a televised broadcast outside of Christmas, so that tells you sort of what a monumental period of history we we're living in. I mean, the only other time she, she'd spoken a uh, the start of the first Gulf War in '91, um, uh, on the eve of Princess Diana's uh, funeral in '97, which is what w- we all remember. Um, her, her own mother's death in 2002, and then in uh, in more happy occasions in uh, in 2012, when it, on the on her Diamond Jubilee, I, I expected the. <laughs> I don't know what you thought about this, but it was going to be billed as the the, the biggest t biggest program watched ever. Um, you know, the largest viewing figures. It'd be interesting to. See, I don't know how we'd ever quantify of how many people have seen this this speech on social media. I mean, twenty or twenty four million people watched it on. Uh, on television which isn't quite as many as boris johnson's it isn't no i mean 27 million people watched his which i found quite astonishing really i suppose it's probably in the our generation this is this well it's the biggest crisis ever isn't it and it's Mm -hmm. a global crisis i I expected more people to watch the queen because it had been heavily trailed in the newspapers but then again you, you imagine at least double will probably have watched it on social media you know kids aren't 
anyone above probably or under the age of 20 is probably not going to tune in on telly, are they? No, and also I've got two theories about this. One mm. is that but whatever Boris Johnson says, that's potentially going to affect your life and how you are doing things and have a direct yeah. impact, whereas the Queen is about reassurance and you know togetherness and that kind of thing and also crucially Boris Johnson was on after EastEnders finished. Ah good knowledge so yeah, yeah that, that probably does make a lot of sense and what time the Queen's was on at eight on a Isn't Sunday it? yeah I mean probably people just setting into settling into a Sunday film weren't they by then I mean um but yeah, but also there are probably in terms of global audience, I would imagine that the Queens did have a greater audience because if you think about it was also a message for the Commonwealth and there were specific messages that she spent to various Commonwealth nations. I saw kind of Australia and Canada and I think New Zealand possibly that went out afterwards that were sort of slightly slight variations, but a similar kind of. Of stoic message uh, lots of our listeners got in touch when asked what their thoughts there was a uh, I think a common thread that came through them and one that came back most and I just said what did you take from the Queen's address the word that came back most of all actually was hope and um, one of our listeners did point out that actually green which the Queen wore for the address is the colour of hope it was one of the suffragette colours. So that's why. That's is why. that why? Is that why the Grenfell Tower colour was adopted as green as well? I did think this when I saw because you know it the green heart. Well be. Yeah, so some other choice choice messages from our listeners, uh, Valerie. I'm. I'm a read. Uh, positivity, strength, faith, belonging, care, resilience, uh, empathy, caring, and resolve. Says super singer. Sharkushka says we will see our loved ones again. Five Amtal five. She is a boss. Uh, Premi 2017. When she is gone, sadly, no one e- will ever or can ever replace her. This is it. Heed her words. Ch Goer says keep calm and stay home to flatten the curve. And there was definitely that undertone of you know, well done to everybody who is behaving themselves and the kind of unsaid. And if you're not, I'm really disappointed in you. It's like your, gran- is- your granny telling you off. You definitely don't want that. You, you don't want to disappoint your granny. Exactly, exactly. Donuts and hibiscus, that teeny tiny lady holds us all up. I live in the States and I still feel that way. Uh, so lots and lots and lots of appreciation. Um, I thought it was outstanding. So this American, that's Angie Valde Turner. So thank you very much for all of your feedback, everybody. Sorry if I didn't manage to read your message. There's a lot of love for the Vera Lynn references as well. So it's great to hear that. Um, some eagle-eyed people also spotted uh, in the wider world that the Queen was wearing the, the triple string of pearls that she'd worn for her previous addresses to the nation as well, which I thought was interesting. Um, But one thing, we have been getting quite used to seeing the royals working from home at the moment. And actually, the white drawing room at Windsor was quite a plain and, you know, there wasn't too much office spotting to be doing in that in that video, which is quite appropriate. Yeah, I thought thought it was definitely it was definitely a, um, a ploy by the palace. They didn't want anything to distract from uh, from what was going on, and even in terms of blurring out the background I thought for not only on the the video but then the pictures that were released ahead of time they definitely had had some sort of a trickery going on so you you couldn't you couldn't identify anything it was a very plain background and it was solely centered on the Queen's message so um you know excellent PRing from their point because once the Queen was making such a message like that that's that's all you need to know and, and, and listen out for 
it must have been incredible being the camera man or camera oh, woman. Oh, incredible. It? You're really, it it'd be amazing, amazing to, uh, to interview uh, the person who did it. We are still un- unidentified, but, um, uh, you know, once we're all out of this, it'll be a, a, a fantastic tale to tell, won't it? Because there was a, there was a sort of BBC Studios team in, the, uh, in a room nearby who were listening in, but the very, very aspect of that, sort of imagining uh, the man or woman putting on all the gear outside of the room, then having to go in, you imagine all, all everything is, uh, having to be wiped down with antiseptic wipes, all the gear, and then just going into a room, not being greeted by the person as a, you would normally expect. And then uh, the Queen was just on the, on the opposite side of a very long room. I mean, it's a fascinating turn of events, but how many times have we said that in the last few weeks? Absolutely. Incredible, incredible times. And it was definitely, you know, we've, depending on how long all of this goes on, I guess, then we'll, we'll see whether the Queen gets to address us again, maybe within a more positive circumstance. But one of the things I have definitely been enjoying over the last few weeks, because we have to take our pleasures where we can, is getting a little bit of a through the keyhole look at the Royals home office setups. And our friend and colleague Zoe Forsey, Mirror Lifestyle Editor, she has been taking a slightly closer look at all of the little details that we've been able to see in those backgrounds. Hello. Uh, Yes, well, um, we are now obviously well used to working from home. Most of us are a fair few weeks in now, and I don't know about you guys, but the novelty has well and truly worn off for me, and I'm missing the office more than I actually thought was possible. Um, But one of the few benefits of the fact that we're all now working from home is that the royal family are doing the same, and it means we've been treated to a few photos of their kind of, you know, private offices that we wouldn't normally get to see inside. Um, There's been some great pictures. Uh, We've had them from the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, uh, with Prince Charles and Miller and also we've had the Queens as well so um, obviously they've all been released to kind of um, highlight really important issues and what they're doing and the work their charities are doing um, but there's really nice to have a look at some of the little details as well um, so I'll start with Camilla's because that's my favourite basically um, it's my favourite because it's probably the more relaxed of all the ones we've seen um, it's you know it's kind of full full of lots of personal details it's also quite messy which I appreciate very similar to my setup as well and um, so she's got you can see that she's got kind of a wooden a wooden desk um which is in front of a huge bookcase which is filled with books she's got some Harry Potter books in there and also she's clearly a big fan of the crime writer Peter James she's got lots of um lots of those novels as well um in the corner of the room you can actually see kind of a half opened box um which looks like she's been doing some online shopping and you can kind of see where she's pulled bits out of it which is brilliant um there's also a um you know the ball the plastic ball throwers that you have for when you're out kind of walking the dog uh, we know that the couple have obviously got lots of dogs so that's you know very handy there's also she's got lots of photos of her dogs actually all over the background and kind of other pictures of um different family members which is lovely that's something that we've kind of noticed in all the royal um kind of snaps actually they've all got photos of their loved ones which is very nice uh camilla's also got a card on her desk you can't see the front of it so we don't know what it's for um but whoever sent it has left the price on the back we've all made that mistake before haven't we um but yeah so three pound card um on the desk so that's really lovely um then if we move on we've also seen we've seen two pictures actually from charles um the kind of most recent was when he opened um via video link the um nhs nightingale hospital in london uh, i really like this you've got a kind of sneak peek at his home setup actually i think while 
Well, I would expect that, you know, you would have had everything set up, a really fancy design, uh, which is just like the rest of us, and it's kind of very much making do. So he actually had his iPad was kind of propped up on, uh, you know, a box and a book with a big pack of paper as well uh, to make sure it was at the right height. And he was the same, he was sitting at a dining room table, and he's kind of moved moved the chairs off to the side so they're not blocking the view. Uh, there's a piano behind him, which is covered in lots of lovely photos, uh, kind of modern, recent ones, the kind of most recent being um, from, by the looks of it, Prince Louis's christening. So that's obviously got the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and the Sussexes in as well, which is really lovely. It's also got pictures from his and Camilla's wedding day. Um, and yeah, lots of lovely bits, actually. There was one picture which really confused people, actually. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen the picture, but it's just behind, just kind of to the right of him. Um, and it looks like a kind of, it's a black and white silhouette picture, it looks like. Um, no one can quite work out what it is. Uh, lots of funny suggestions on social media, as I'm sure you can imagine. But yeah, that had lots of people talking uh, when that was released. Uh, we've also saw inside the uh, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, showed us their offices. Um, kind of very different, actually, look like they're in different rooms so Kate has a large wooden desk which is kind of covered in papers and you know lots of trays of files uh, she's actually got uh, a collection of the Penguin cloth book classics uh, which are the kind of new versions of the books which are have been released with these beautiful colourful illustrated covers um, she's got uh, lots of lots of different classics on there including including George Eliot's Middlemarch and um, so kind of buying the set that it looks like she's got uh, would be about 450 quid um, but they're on offer if you want to copy Kate's you know desk setup you can get you know still not cheap uh, but it's 330 pounds for all 30 um, but yeah so it's really nice it looks beautiful on the desk actually um, one thing I also like about Kate's the picture from Kate's office uh, she's got a desk then there's kind of a sofa behind it and what you can see behind the sofa is, is a little what looks like a child's armchair so who knows maybe kind of George Charlotte or Louis you know like to sit there when mum's working um, Williams is obviously in a different room. He's got another wooden desk next to a very large fireplace. But he's also got one of those, you know, the modern office drawers that you get that, you know, I know I definitely have and I'm sure lots of people do. And the ones with the little key. So he's got his printer and his iPad stand on that, which is nice. Uh, the Queen's is actually one of the first um, ones we saw because they shared the photo um, when she did her video or she did her weekly address with Boris Johnson over the phone. Um, so that showed her desk, which is lovely. So she had, she's got lots of models of corgis, which isn't surprising. We all know she loves her corgis um, some soldiers. Um, she's also got a very old kind of style cream phone, you know, one of the cord cord ones. Uh, but we do know that she's been apparently learning how to use Skype and FaceTime so she can do her meetings. So we assume she's got a slightly more modern phone somewhere. Um, the Queen's also got lots of photos. We can't see exactly what they are because they're a bit too far away, but we know from other pictures we see when she does audiences at Buckingham Palace that, you know, those rooms are absolutely covered in photos. So that's hardly surprising. And not, not an office as such, but we did get the Tyndalls have actually given us a couple of little peeks inside their home. Uh, Zara was on Good Morning Britain the day after her grandmother the queen did her national address basically pra uh, praising her and saying how proud she was but that was done in what looked like a, it was looked like a kind of kitchen so it had was a cream room lovely staircase in the corner and you could just see a kettle and a coffee maker on the side and um, mike has also been doing his uh the podcast the rugby podcast he does for joe and um, that looks like it's in a home study so it's got a wooden cabinet behind them and that again is covered in lots of photos of their kids and their dogs so 
yeah, like I said, it's been, I really enjoyed kind of having a nice little, you know, kind of little insight into, you know, the, the way that the royal family are working as, you know, they face the same kind of uncertainty that we do in terms of trying to make do with what we've got. But yeah, there you go. So what's your favourite thing that you've been spotting in their backgrounds, Russell? Um, Camilla's dog throwing ball contraption. Oh, is it one of those flicky Yeah, flicky one of those flicky things. things. So you can grab the ball and then flick the ball. Um, I mean, that's far more interesting than, you know, pictures for me. Because I just think, well, that's like a total... My house, you know, even though... Because you can't leave your house at the moment, you're, things are just all over the show. And I thought that that was quite a sort of window into someone's world where they're still having this sort of posed picture of her on the phone um, caught taking part in this national, national volunteering service where she she called uh, a pensioner who had also been in self-isolation and yet um, probably wasn't tidying up after herself, which I found fascinating. Or was planning to go for a dog walk, you know, in the ground well, just afterwards. Of course, but, yeah. No, uh, there was like, yeah, there's loads of time. What was yours? Um, I enjoyed seeing Charles's impromptu iPad set up that people were like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. what's, what's going on? And then he had actually got a very good uh, setup. I mean, it, I was, I did think of Dan Jackson when I saw his <laughs> setup, but maybe Dan would have a lovely producer who is listening into our nonsense that we're talking at the moment and tidying up any uh, Skype burps and the like afterwards. But that was fascinating because you had, because obviously when he was opening, uh, the reason he was doing the Skype was because he was opening via video link the new NHS Nightingale Hospital, this temporary field hospital that's been uh, erected in East London. But then when you had the picture showing him with the setup, he had one of his own books propping up his uh, his iPad, which is a, an absolute bit of fire PR on his his part. Uh, but was he? It was called Harmony. It's about climate change and the environment. So. You know, he's probably expecting some royalties through the post after that featured everywhere. I think I might be turning into Prince Charles. I was speaking to my <laughs> I mean, my plants yesterday. I was I'm growing some lupins that have germinated, and I was I was putting them out into slightly bigger pots that they could grow. And I was like watering them, saying, "Grow little lupins, grow." This like, is it. Oh, you're speaking, speaking dear to them. Life. You're definitely going mad. But also, I my uh, regular work setup on our kitchen table is two dictionaries with the laptop on the top. So that's my... Uh... Well, well, where's your keyboard? I've got an external keyboard. Interesting. Yes. Why? So you don't crick so your neck? My first day of working from home, I, was, I had a such bad neck ache that it was terrible. So top tip, everybody. That's put your, if you can, get an external keyboard and prop the thing up on some books. Russell is that's... looking deep in thought. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I was just thinking because I was sitting, I sat on the sofa for about 10 hours straight yesterday with my laptop on my lap and then realized why I couldn't move this morning when I got up so <laughs> probably, probably that oh dear working working from home all the things that we are learning so Charles opening a hospital virtually via video link yeah. that's that's new and we different. are into the future I mean I hope they, I hope this isn't something that we uh we continue after lockdown because it's, it was quite a bizarre set of circumstances but his um his message was was fantastic. He was speaking about you know the self selfless action again, echoing things we've heard before from, from from himself and the Queen about the selfless actions of so many who are working on the front line, not only in the UK but throughout the world, battling 
coronavirus and these these field hospitals are being set up all over the world aren't they but this this is the NHS Nightingale is the first in it in the UK a 4000 bed hospital with you know around 4 to 500 critical care beds um built in 9 days from a conference center literally from scratch by our tremendous armed services our forces um and he and he was paying tribute to the people that are actually making it work and keeping britain tick um and obviously echoing the the, the sentiments and words of, of Florence Nightingale, hence hence the name. I think there's going to be a few more, aren't there, in, all over the country? Yeah. Birmingham, Belfast, uh, Cardiff, Manchester. So hopefully we will get to a situation where they won't all be needed to capacity. But um, yeah, I get a very bizarre thing to watch. I was watching it sort of live on the on the news while he's in Scotland. We're in London. The, the people were st- st- all standing on markers two meters away from each other. It was um, it was sort of a symbolism of, of what a bizarre time we're living in. And obviously, usually there's a plaque saying, you know, this this station was opened by the Prince of Wales on whatever twentieth of August, nineteen seventy six. And it will be interesting. So the, the XL Centre is a huge conference centre. It's the home of like the boat show, and some of the Olympic events were held there in twenty twelve. It was like the boxing. I, I was there. It was yeah boxing it was brilliant um like maybe fencing and Paralympics was there as well so it's you know it's it's hopefully it will get to go back to its normal life and it's interesting to think about how its current role during a crisis might be marked and you know Prince Charles's opening of it as it will that even be marked or is it is it, it is obviously far more important if it ends up being used heavily as a hospital where people are kind of living and dying that that aspect of it is is commemorated in the same way that you know there's I think is it, is it King King's Cross fire there's the there's the plaque the memorial mm. plaque to say that you know this this is a station but here there was a tragedy that happened so thinking about like we talked about it a bit in um in the run-up to obviously remembrance sunday like remembrance and how we remember these difficult times partly as a marker of respect but also i guess to say remembering that we got through them so be- well hence and, and that's you know a something we're trying to do at the daily mirror isn't it where we're, we've launched a campaign to award frontline nhs workers with a medal once we come out of this for their absolute daily heroics i mean these people are putting their lives at risk um every single day the actual gargantuan effort that's going in order to to keep the service ticking and, and indeed the, the country still running um it's probably something that we will have to take stock of as a as a as a nation maybe as a human race after all this com- comes out it's um it's i mean it's sort of breathtaking isn't it when it's you start thinking about stuff like that. it is mind-boggling and you know well here's us talking about a bit of neck ache from using yeah. our laptops and being stuck yeah. on the sofa but you know everyone is kind of shrunk into their tiny bubble and the bit of reality that is theirs and they're not normality and it is it is you know I've just I popped out this morning to try and get some bits and like the worst thing that happened was two of the shops had massive queues around the corner so I couldn't go to the butcher and the supermarket because I had to, had to get back and come and chat with you and do some actual work and things but it was all very quiet there's hardly any cars on the street um mm. you know everyone's slightly wary of talking to each other well I did bump into a neighbour and we had a chat across from opposite pavements shouting across the road at each other 
but it's it's very kind of quiet and still in the bit of town it's not really town that I live in and it's really difficult to comprehend even what life is like in central London and then for people who are working in jobs that are now a probably even more busy than they usually are or be more dangerous than they usually are whether they're you know working in in obviously thinking particularly about people dealing directly with those who are sick and needing to give them the best possible care but while also being concerned for their own health so if anybody is listening if you are one of those people who is you know really going that extra mile sorry sorry we're talking about coronavirus in something that you maybe usually have as an escape but hopefully um there's some camaraderie here as well and if you are people whose loved ones are involved in that then thank you to them for supporting them in going through it because like family and friends and maintaining that contact over the skype or the whatsapp or the zoom whatever it might be is such a big deal so you know shout out to everybody wherever you are listening and however you are going through this um so we've talked in the past as well william and kate they're kind of the most working of the working royals at the moment as the youngsters they are i mean it's neck and neck with the queen to be honest i'm very surprised about how much how much the queen has done it's been actually extraordinary they're not only preparing for the the huge address um the statements coming out then we've there's obviously the the picture appearing on um, on Piccadilly Circus, which has kept us all entertained. Uh, and today, I've just mentioned this before, William and Kate, but t- t- today the Queen normally gives out has, as part of a, a Maundy Thursday Easter service. Um, she has this tradition which goes back centuries, right back to the 1600s, of giving money to, uh, or a, a freshly minted coin to local pensioners or pensioners throughout the country who have um, done amazing things in their community. And uh, she has not only continued this tradition astonishingly throughout the coronavirus, but she's, she's written personally to all the people affected. And it's a really nice tradition that the, the amount of people who uh, normally get to meet the Queen or given this, uh, this freshly minted coin is in conjunction with the year of how the age she will be at that year. So this year, she will be 94 in a couple of weeks. So there are 94 men, 94 women, 188 people. And she's, uh, she's written to them all and then received the letter over the last few days. So she's been very, very busy, the Queen. That is very lovely. It's well, a nice sentiment, I thought, you know. And in the letter, she speaks about the fact that they were obviously these people would be very very disappointed one of the chaps is a 101 year old bell ringer he's the world world's longest bell ringer i mean i'm Long learning things that I, I never thought possible um but william kate have been no they have been very very busy yesterday yesterday uh they took part in their first ever full engagement via video call which they uh, called a school in uh, in the, the north of England in Lancashire, um, which is remaining open over the Easter period because of obviously all loads of children's parents and carers are key workers. They uh, and they and they still need to go to school because all their 
Perisica Reserve are, are still on the front line helping to battle the coronavirus crisis. So they they um, they took part in a, a surprise video call with the kids who was showing sort of taking part in a show and tell with Easter bonnets they'd made, uh, bunny ears, showing pictures of their mums and dads and what have you, and um, and then they released a recording of of this sort of Zoom call. Which uh, which is all, all their all their social media channels, and if you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out because I think in the times where we are, it all is all a bit doom and gloom. They are the ones who are sort of keeping people's spirits up. So long may that continue. They did look like they really enjoyed it as well. Like pictures of them, they sort of look like they're laughing and happy. And it... yeah, yeah. Well, they're, they're they're very good around children, especially you know and. I think they were it just it's a bit of fun isn't it and it doesn't need to be we're going to be in this situation for a long time people need releases the kids some of the teachers we spoke to afterwards if you haven't seen the full report it's up on mirror.co.uk with the videos and all the pictures of the children and uh pictures of all of them in the sort of Easter bunny years which which William found hilarious um and it is just a it's just a bit of a a, a release from from what's going on Oh, maybe William could have worn some bunny ears. Maybe that's the only way it could have been better. Well, one of the kids told him, he said, what, what, what have you been up to? And he said, well, we've been learning some things in history. And the first William was called William the Conqueror. What do you want to be called? <laughs> Which I thought was absolutely amazing from the little lads who asked it. Um, he, I mean, he did very, very skillfully dodge the question and just say, I'm not too sure whether I can answer that one. But uh, <laughs> they, they, they did have quite a laugh. Um, but check, check the video out it's on all their social channels and um, and our website as well um, and I think they're going to be doing some more stuff obviously whilst the lockdown continues they, they will be doing a, a lot more engagements over the phone the video calling has worked really really well um, it's just better than the sort of the staid picture of a royal with a phone to their ear and then picking apart what books or dog throwers they've got in the background these video calls really really works really well so I know that everyone at Kensington Palace was absolutely delighted with how it works so watch this space I'm sure there'll be plenty more like that to come in the coming days and weeks and Kate still got her posy as well she did a, a virtual posy I mean whatever next whatever next can uh, sit sit alongside the uh, the flowers made from by george for her mothering mother when so george george has been watching a lot of blue planet with david attenborough as well he's a you know he's a very knowledgeable kid this this young lad so he's uh i mean they speak it's just it's just nice to see them interacting with kids who are probably wondering what on earth is going on why they are not allowed to play outside with all their mates especially over the easter holidays um and telling you know the kids that how proud they should be of their mums dads carers aunties granddads who are all working on the um on the nhs front line and and beyond all these sort of key workers who are keeping the country running so um Hats, hats off to them. And William got dobbed in as eating all of the chocolate. <laughs> well, is it, I'm, uh, hopefully no one had dobbed me in because all I've been doing is sort of scoffing, <laughs> to be honest. Be like Henry, I need a crane to get me out of the house by when we come out of this lot. Um, Russell, your fashion verdict. What colour do you are you going to give Kate's outfit? Mustard. Mustard. Colonel Mustard. It, yeah, definitely. With De- the is, that, is that right? I went for mustard, yeah, like yeah. a rich. I felt like it was a rich mustard, and it's interesting. Like all the all the fashion pages in the in the papers and everything, it's all switched to that kind of what do you 
wear at home, whether it's, you know, the excuses to get dressed up for date night or how do you dress for a work call? Um, and well, I normally put my gym gear on in the morning and then it's probably still on me late into the afternoon because I haven't even done any <laughs> exercise or, or even changed out of it. And I've realised it's three o'clock and I think, oh, Christ, I better, uh, I better crack on. I, I, if anyone has any tips on how to plan your day, then give me a shout because, you know, it's still all over the place. You need to, I need some structure in my life, in my lockdown life. Lockdown life. Um, one thing that has come up every now and then, uh, there's been sort of talk about whether William could potentially go back into air ambulance work. What is what? What's been sort of the chatter around that? Well, I know, I said I saw this story, and the issue is, I mean, I'm who wouldn't want to go and fly helicopters for a living? <laughs> Just all the time, anytime. I mean, I'm sure he enjoys the odd engagement and he's very good at it. It's very personal. But, I mean, if you came from flying helicopters for a living, I'm sure you have a burgeoning desire to, to do it once more. We saw in one of the engagements, oh God, it was probably last summer, wasn't it, when at the Royal London Hospital, when he became patron of their 30th anniversary appeal. And he flew the London Air Ambulance helicopter from Kensington Palace all the way to the Royal London Hospital in East London. So, I mean, he obviously still is flying He uh, to keep his hours up. He obviously still enjoys it. I don't think we'll ever see a situation where we'll see him on the front line. I mean, Christ, he'd be the, um, he'd be the darling of the nation if, if he was called into action and had to... And, and, and started flying helicopters again, wouldn't he? But... Um, I mean, I don't think we'll see it. I'm sure. I'm sure he holds a personal um, desire to, to 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 have that part of his life back. But it's a, it's it's duty over practicality, unfortunately for for him. I think. And it is also that thing of you know, if you had those mad mad thoughts occasionally when you're like, okay, well, I'm fine. I I record a royal podcast and I help get get a website out or a newspaper out but maybe maybe I should go retrain as a nurse and do something like actually wholesome and you know giving back and helping with this and it's like actually no this is just you know there are people there are people who are doing this and it's they're good at it and we leave them to do it and it's there is a value in the work that we do as well whether it is escapism or whether it is information or a combination of the two Yes, and I think listen, there is huge value in doing what they're doing as well. It, it it adds something to enriches the lives of the people that they're meeting. They can raise the profile of certain projects, but also it's it's escapism, isn't it? I mean, it, you just look at the coverage that we've got uh, or they've got um, over the last few days of in, in, enriching these people's lives by the people they're speaking to, and I think there is a lot of value in that and it's the age-old question isn't it what do the the royal family actually do for the average person well you only have to look at the last few days and I think that they've you know they've proved why why they're still here and absolutely revered around the around the world and one one other thing that Charles has been up to is he did that uh, poetry reading for Radio 4 for for William Wordsworth the 250th anniversary of his um of his birth isn't it is his birth uh yeah <laughs> now it is um he did i mean this is something we i think we're going to see charles pop up uh you know speaking about his passions there I, somebody mentioned to me do you think he'd do some form of 
video uh, message about gardening. And perhaps he was. I, I think that would be a hit. Get him on Gardener's World. <laughs> well, imagine you, you could do that. You could do, you could do an engagement taking people round his gardens at Burke Hall. I mean, that would be fascinating. Yeah. And, and people would, abs- and would absolutely tune into it and love it. I mean, the National Theatre in the UK has been putting on um, YouTube performances or sort of um, you know, showing previous performances. And their, their first one has got something like two and a half million views overall, hasn't it? So 250,000 people were watching it live and you've had two and a half million people watch it afterwards. I think there's a huge market in, in getting the royals out there talking about their passions. Who wouldn't watch a Q&A with William about his time in the flying helicopters? I mean, at this stage, I'll probably take a Q&A with George about his passion with helicopters, to be honest. So. <laughs> Maybe get them on Reddit. We've got to fill the days sometime. And ask me anything on Reddit with Prince William. Yes. How amazing I'll, 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 float, I'll float a call into the <laughs> I, had, I have to say, I added one more view to the National Theatres. One Man, Two Governors broadcast uh, that's very last good. night it was yeah, tremendous it was very, very Jane, Jane Eyre is tonight so it's on YouTube it's free they just ask for a donation to support the theatre if you can oh that's I didn't know that I will I will make sure I do it because it was um it was fascinating we had so as you well know my late great uncle was in that performance with James Corden um now gladly watched by millions of people around the world so um it was an absolute joy for the whole family to see him once again because um yeah he he achieved a, a huge ambition of of performing in, at, in broadway on broadway when with, with that very very show and um uh and it's and it's things like this which are which are keeping every everyone going so i'll, I'll make sure i tune in tonight yeah i might post a picture from it actually on our instagram at pod save and would love to hear how you guys are entertaining yourselves and finding escapes and the little the little highlights of interesting things because so many places are being so inventive it's not just the royal family who are finding new ways to communicate and support and stay relevant and help people get through what is an absolutely mind-blowing time really top tip for you the royal academy on twitter has a daily drawing challenge and even if you don't want to do the drawing looking at other people's drawings is really fun and oh, that's quite, fun. You know, it's and they're quite um what is it tongue-in-cheek maybe or just it, it's got a very nice flavor of it shout out to my my sister ruth who pointed me in the way of that one so that's good away from coronavirus we obviously spoke last week about megan and harry's new life beginning and we've had mm. new details from them this week well and from the horse's mouth as well because they were the the, the daily telegraph in the uk had seen that they had lodged these um trademark in patents to uh in the u.s to trademark the name archwell and archwell foundation um and they they went to the sussexes uh new pr lot and they and they got response from the sussexes about the fact that they had uh that they were thinking about launching this way before archie was born which i found absolutely fascinating the fact that archwell from the the greek saying Sort of the, all of that sort of social consciousness um, had come before his name, and then obviously when he was born and he was a boy, and they didn't know he was going to be a boy, that they they settled on the name. So again, I mean, what they they were obviously about to launch themselves into the stratosphere with their huge 
grandiose plans and and everything's been put on ice i feel a bit sorry for them to be honest because they're uh they're, they're probably now wondering what on earth it, it, their future looks like um and and indeed where they help out but as they said they are probably going to re uh, retrain their efforts to try and work out if they can help out in any way with the covid-19 crisis um so th- th- their meetings are probably all um all back to back with that at the moment so one said so the Arch- archwell is that do we know how to pronounce it is it archwell archwell uh, archwell i archwell. i it's a, yeah archwell so it's a name that combines an ancient word for strength and action which is arch presumably and another that evokes the deep resources which each must draw upon which is the well so i thought they were unfairly criticized in some quarters because people saying uh that it was tone deaf to be launching this right uh, you know as this crisis is unfolding however they didn't really have much choice they it's it, it, the, the journalists had gone to them with a completely valid story had had asked them about it and they and they chose to um and they chose to release a statement i mean that perhaps they didn't need to say that we felt compelled to tell the world our story i mean i thought it was a bit a bit much but you know it's we've come to expect the the the, the this uh, this sort of fluid language from them but i i'm waiting to see what it what it um what it produces because no doubt it will have to change they've they we've spoken a lot about um they they would just, you know concentrate on armed forces girls education right you know edu- um equal rights that sort of thing but the the world is going to be a very very different place so they they're probably right to, to 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 diversify and see how they can help in uh in in something which is affecting everyone all over the globe because again they have this global reach so why not why not use it to their advantage and they do know that they, you know, they do know that they need to take a pause. So they have got time to take stock and, and make a plan. And we will be interested to see how it all how it all comes out once they emerge back onto back onto the stage. Back on the scene. Yeah. So in terms of the rest of the royal family and what we can expect to see coming up, because at the, uh, previously when when life was normal, you would have like a diary of events yeah. and things coming up. The this kind of the virtual events are they a bit more ad hoc and short notice yeah they are yeah hugely i mean i mean you mostly ask me this every week what's coming up next week and then i i i, I give you a Perplexed. blank expression yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but i can actually do it with some confidence this week yeah we we don't really know what's going on week to well we definitely don't know what's going on week to week i think that they are waiting to see how they can help certainly that the you know Kensington Palace have been liaising with different sectors whether that's the education sector with the stuff with the kids they did with the video call um they uh, William and Kate called two hospitals last week uh which was one who had um unfortunately uh, were were the colleagues of the first doctor to die in the UK from covid-19 um another one was a um, a, a hospital in Scotland so they are working with not only the health service the education service all their different charities to work out where they can best fit in so you're definitely right it is ad hoc at the moment um they their team seem to be very very busy as as do the other households um 
and I, I just think we're, we're going to find that we've just got to be primed and ready to sort of report on it when, when we can. And, and certainly we, we may be able to jump in on some of these, these calls here and there and, um, and, and give, uh, you know, more in-depth reports. But I think it's uh, everyone's trying to work out how we, how we can all do it at the moment. So Easter is obviously usually a huge time for the royal family. It's one of the key times of year that they get, get together as a family and faith is obviously very important for the Queen. Do we have any understanding of how the royals, I guess particularly Charles and the Queen, will be spending Easter weekend? Yeah, you know what? It's been it's a, such a bizarre time, and hate to labour the point, but but no, not at the moment. It's uh, the Queen and and Prince Philip would normally be um, at Windsor Castle. They will remain at uh, at Windsor beyond that period over Easter, um, and and well in, until lockdown is is, is over in the UK. Uh, great that Charles and Camilla, who celebrate their fifteenth wedding anniversary today. Very nice picture put out last night and today from from them in Bur- at Burkhall, which is of course just days after that they were reunited after being forced to self isolate. Um, poor Camilla, by the way, she had to self isolate for for fourteen days, and Charles was only made to do it for seven days, even though he was the one infected. It's it's a crazy world. So apparently, crystal is the traditional gift for a fifteenth wedding anniversary. It is, yeah. So oh, I wonder what they'll be getting each other. Probably. Probably a bit tricky in these times. Hope they hope they planned ahead and had something already. Well, maybe, maybe they were on to Amazon. You know, you never know. But I, I think it's going to be. We will expect something over Easter period, no doubt. Um, I think we'll still see some of these messages to the nation, certainly from the Queen, Charles, William, and Kate. Um, and it's it's just a, a very much a case of. We've got, to, we've got to just see, see, see what happens over the next few days and weeks. Yeah, church is among those finding new ways to communicate, whether it's trying to do Facebook Lives or broadcasting on the radio. So I'm sure, I'm sure the Queen will manage to get her Easter services, even if, I don't know, whether that part of the household is considered part of the lockdown group as well and whether she's got her sort of chaplain from... Well, sure, she can go to the, the anyway. chapel, but it's, it'll all be you know, hugely self... Uh, social distance and yeah I don't know well I'll find out for you you'll look into it for me Russell I'll get my top man on it (laughs) (laughs) thank you Russell right so I think I think that's probably the it for this week so next week um all things being equal we will bring you uh our interview with the Windsor's writers thank you to those of you who sent questions over I didn't quite manage to answer all of them some of them came in after I had already interviewed them, which was a real shame because there were some crackers there as well. But that was a bit of an, a different kind of an episode. If you are not keen on irreverent talk about the royal family, then it may be one to skip. But the one the following week will be with Robert Jobson, uh, who many of you may know from Twitter already, who answered all of your very many brilliant questions. But... I think it's only appropriate to finish with the words of Her Majesty the Queen to say that we should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. But for now, I send my thanks and warmest good wishes to you all. And until next time... God save the Queen! 